Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 62. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service that you would like to share with the 100,000 plus unique downloads a month Entrepreneur on Fire generates? Chris Brogan did, and when he sponsored an episode, he saw great results. If you'd like to have 15 seconds at the top of our show to share your product or message, go to www.sponsoreofire.com to find out more. And a big thank you today to our sponsor, Mark Feidelman, author of Socialized, How the Most Successful Businesses Harness the Power of Social. Socialize is the first social business playbook designed for any business professional wanting to understand how to build a powerful growth engine by leveraging your industry's influencers and thought leaders. Socialize will show you how to make your business so attractive that prospective customers and employees will be lined up to work with you. Okay, let's get started. I am simply elated to introduce my guest today, Jim Belozic. Jim, are you prepared to ignite? You bet I am. All right. Jim loves design, user experience, Facebook development, and problem solving. He uses those skills every day as CEO for shortstack.com. With Shortstack, you can create custom Facebook pages, easily add contest sweepstakes, video, custom forums, and much more. Shortstack is used in over 168 countries worldwide and serves more than 450 million fans on Facebook. Wow. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Jim, but why don't you take it from here and tell us who you are and what you do? I'm basically just a graphic artist, but you know, it kind of turned into the CEO role and slash developer slash janitor slash everything else. Uh, you know, when you're running a company, and I, I'm I'm just really blessed to you know be part of uh, an awesome team, and uh, you know, I was smart enough to hire people smarter than me. And, you know, with Shortstack and, and Pancake Labs, we've really taken off. So um, day-to-day is, there's always something new and exciting. And uh, work is, is definitely my favorite thing to do, which uh, not a lot of people can say. Definitely not. And I love that you were just talking about your team already, because I love when we really can delve into an entrepreneur that's built the team around him because that is so important. I've done it here at Entrepreneur on Fire. You've obviously done it at Short Stack. I look forward to delving into that later in the interview. But let's transition now to our first topic, which is our success quote. Entrepreneur on Fire is really about getting the motivational ball rolling, giving our listeners some exciting content right at the beginning so they can be pumped for your content for the rest of the interview. So Jim, what do you have for us today? Uh, my absolute favorite quote, and it's it's driven me since uh, you know the the day that I left uh, my paying job and went out on my own. It's uh, it's actually by Ray Bradbury, and it's jump off the cliff and build your wings on the way down. Um, I, I think if that doesn't sum up entrepreneurship, I don't know what does. Wow, that's a scary visual, but I like it and I get it. So <laughs> why don't you just kind of take that right now? Bring it down to the ground level and tell us how you've actually applied the realness of it to your business. Everyone 
has an idea of how to do something better um, and they, they want to go out on their own or they want to start their own business or consultation business or they have a product that they want to do. Um, but I think people get stuck in the details and they, they get stuck trying to emulate successful companies. Um, you know, just recently I was working with a friend of mine and he wanted to go out on his own and he was so, you know, mired in, you know, all these little things that really don't matter. Like he said, oh, you know, I, I need to have an office in this particular location of town. Uh, my business cards need to look a certain way. My website needs to do certain things. Um, I can't get started until I have all this stuff. And I told him, dude, just jump and jump in with both feet, man, you're going to be fine. Uh, you'll figure it out as you go. And, you know, what we do, the way that we use the quote, you know, uh, jump off the cliff and build your wings on the way down is get started with something and work on it as it's in progress. Because things change so rapidly that if you have an idea and you plan and then you jump off the cliff, those wings may not work. Um, so if you're building them on the way down, I guarantee you're going to say, oh, okay, this is starting to float me or this one is starting to work a little bit better than that one. Let's, let's make some changes. So being able to constantly adapt and make things better um, is, is super important. And then also sometimes it's better to be first than to be the best. Um, if you don't get started today, um, you may never get started. I love that. And on some levels, there is something to be said for having a platform of some sort. But how I would equate that to this scenario is you don't want to jump off a cliff not knowing what you're going to do. You want to jump off the cliff knowing you're going to build wings. And that's all you need to know. You don't need to have the wings built or know how you're going to build them. Just know that you're going to build wings on your way down. And that speaks a lot to Eric Reese's book of The Lean Startup, which is you know really get out there Create that minimally viable product as soon as possible. Get it out to your customers. Get it out to your target market because the sooner you get feedback, the sooner you can actually create something that's wanted, not just something that's inside your head. Have you had success with that at Shortstack? Yeah, um, 100%. And we, we had to because um, you know, we're 100% bootstrapped. And you know, to, to a lot of people, Bootstrap means, oh, you know, they took out a second mortgage or, uh, you know, they, they had some money in savings or whatever. And like we, we were super, super bootstrapped. Um, <laughs> you know, we didn't have enough boots. We were like sock strapped or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get a product out there and start taking money as early as possible just so we could survive. Um, but we knew that we had a good idea and, you know, we did launch with, with minimum viable product. And I'm, I'm glad that we did because it steered us um, in directions that we never would have got, you know, ourselves and, and your clients um, or your customers or your colleagues will, will, you know, crowdsource everything for you basically as you go. So as long as you can listen to that, uh, everything's going to be okay. Nope, I totally agree with you. And to kind of equate that to Entrepreneur on Fire, I was just ready to launch. I had the interviews queued up. I had my website up and live. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And people were like, no, just wait a couple weeks, get a better product for people to subscribe to your email list, what have you. And I'm like, you know what, that will come. And so I just launched two weeks early, September 21st. 
And then two weeks later, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my stats and I'm like, wow, I have 30,000 downloads. Now, if I had waited those two weeks, that's 30,000 potential downloadees that I would never have reached or that I just wouldn't have had at that point. So I got out there, I got some great feedback from that initial thrust and was really able to even make a better product because of that. So I completely agree. I'm really running Entrepreneur on Fire with the same principles and guidelines that you're running Shorestack, and I just love it. So thank you for sharing that, Jim. Yeah, no problem. So we're going to transition now to our next topic, which is failure. Entrepreneur on Fire is about the journey. And Jim, you're our spotlighted entrepreneur, so this is about your journey, your story. And obviously, as an entrepreneur, you've faced failure or challenges or obstacles that you've had to overcome, however you want to define it. Can you share with Fire Nation a challenge that you've faced and what you did to overcome this? It was all three. It was a challenge, it was an obstacle, and it was a failure. Um, the, the biggest issue that, that we've had in our history is uh, we used to be a, basically a, a white label developer. Um, so application developers, uh, you know, an agency or, you know, a large client would come to us and say, hey, look, this is what we want. Um, can you build it for us? Can you make it work? Can you maintain it? So, you know, we had a handful of these type of clients and those clients are great. They pay extremely well and, um, you know, they help us put a roof over our head. However, those, when you have, you know, five clients or, or uh, you know, 10 clients or, or whatever, if you lose one, that can be, you know, 20, you know, or 25% of your business. So you constantly have to jump when they say jump, you have to, um, you know, be at their beck and call. You have to take phone calls in the middle of the night when the site goes down or who knows what. And, you know, the money is good, but then the, the problem is that they, they stifle the innovation. You know, they, you're, you're so busy working on this one thing, you have no um, opportunity to expand and develop new products. So we knew that we had to get away from these people, but the failure was that we didn't do it fast enough. Um, it was just too scary to turn down, you know, 50000 or $100,000 for a project um, and, and tell them no. And so, you know, I, I blame myself for not jumping on it earlier and, you know, kind of living by my own words of, you know, screw it, let's see what happens. And uh, finally, you know, we, we did, it just became too painful. Um, they became too demanding. And we said, you know what, we're, we're done with this model. We're going to go to a, a self-service model. And, um, you know, instead of having 10 clients have 100,000 and let's see what happens. So um, luckily we, we overcame it and, uh, and here we are today. So we're pretty happy. Have you read the book Rework by Jason Fried? Um, I, I have. I've, I've read it probably 15 or 16 times because uh, I have major ADD. So I can only read like two pages at a time and then I forget what I read. Uh, but I love that book, and I, I try and read it at least once a week. He talks about 37 signals and just how they really decided early on that they weren't going to cater to those big clients because exactly of what you said, that those big clients stifle innovation. They want to cater to the masses and the people 
who they can serve on a quantity level using quality products. And they have that mantra. They go forward with that. And it's really exciting to know that Shorestack does as well. I didn't know that, but I'm really excited to hear that you do. Yeah, one of the one of the common um, requests that we have, you know, we have many large brands and and large agencies and Fortune 500 companies on our platform, and you know, we, we're constantly bombarded with, uh, you know, hey, uh, we will pay you guys more if you do these type of services or if you can do X, Y, or Z, and it's usually something very specific to that enterprise level stuff. Um, we try and incorporate those features in whenever possible if it is applicable to our entire user base. Uh, but as far as having, you know, like dedicated account reps and, you know, stuff like that, uh, flying out to New York constantly to for meetings, it, it just doesn't scale well for us. And, you know, we love to give all of our clients, you know, quality service. Um, so, you know, we, we turn down the money, but in the end, uh, I think they respect us for it and, you know, they, they continue to use the platform. Um, but that's why we have, you know, partners that we work with who can handle that, that service side. But for us, you know, it, it, we love to focus on the product and, and do basically what we're good at as opposed to, uh, you know, flying around and, and, uh, shaking hands and stuff. I love that. Cause this day and age, you truly can provide quantity and quality. It's very possible. Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, you know, again, just listening to user feedback uh, allows you to take your quality level up, you know, 100% uh, almost on a daily basis. One of the things that we do here, uh, every single member of the team is also a customer support agent. So if you send in a support ticket because you have a question or a problem, um, the likelihood of that being answered by a dedicated agent or the CEO of the company is just about the same. So we all kind of keep our ear to the ground and, and make sure that um, we know exactly what's going on on the front lines, and then we try and improve the product accordingly. So pull a major lesson that you learned from this failure of just trying to cater to the big boys. Um, I, I think the lesson is if you let someone have too much control, then you're not going to progress. You know, you're not going to move forward at the rate that you would like. So whether that's control with money or it's control with votes or it's control, um, you know, with exposure, uh, too much control in the hands of too few is, is bad. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's a billion quotes throughout history that from generals about that same thing. Absolutely. And let's use that to move to our next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum, Jim. This is your aha moment. You've obviously had so many aha moments in your life, small ones every single day with Shorestack. I have no doubt. And you alluded to an aha moment already where you're not going to any longer work just for the big guys. That was an absolute aha moment. But go back in your journey. Give us a moment where this light bulb just came on and share that story with Fire Nation. The biggest aha moment, you know, I've, I've had many, like you said, you know, throughout my entrepreneurship career, which, you know, basically started when I was 12 mowing lawns and I realized, you know, hey, I can either work at the corner store or I can mow lawns on my own time. Um, and that was a pretty big aha moment. But the, the most important one for where we're at today and the type of models we use was realizing 
um, hey, we can scale this. We can replicate it time and time again without too much um, invested effort. And if it's repeatable, um, then we can just focus on making it better, make it more repeatable. So the, the way that worked is, you know, we, when we did have these agency clients, uh, we were doing the same thing over and over, uh, the same type of apps, the same type of, of projects. So what we did in order to just speed up our, our own development internally is we, we made some tools. We made some software tools that sped up things. Um, they were ugly at first, and, you know, most of them were just like these giant PHP arrays um, that, you know, I can still barely understand. But as as we worked on that internally just to, you know, so that our developers didn't have to do boring stuff um, each day, it became more and more polished. So one point um, I'm looking at this thing and I just realized, wow, if we added a couple buttons um, instead of lines of code and if we, uh, you know, added a couple more features and, and created a more graphic user interface, uh, they don't need us. We can just release this thing and people can use it themselves. And that was, that was a huge turning point. It was like, Hey, I'm going to fire, <laughs> you know, I'm going to fire our whole service sector. Uh, and we're just going to make this thing self-service. And it, it was really scary. Uh, but at the same time, it seemed like that's where things were trending. And, uh, and nowadays, you know, we see more and more of the self-service uh, apps popping up. Jim, would you say that you've had an I've made it moment? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I can I could probably figure out the date too uh, if I looked on Facebook and all the pictures of champagne. Uh, well, share that with us because we want to see inside your journey, see your story. You know, the, the I've made it moment was the moment when our products made us uh, more money than our service side did. And that's when we knew that we made the right decision to basically fire all of our clients. Um, it, was, it was really scary, but you know, when, I, when we were able to sit down and go, oh my gosh, this month uh, with this tiny team, we made X and that's the same amount that we made the month previous when we had um, you know, all of these individual really demanding clients that were hard to serve and we were always worried about losing them. When we realized, okay, we can still put a roof over our head, uh, but we're actually enjoying our work and we're not completely stressed out, that's when we're like, oh my God, <laughs> we made it. This is working. I can't believe it. Uh, you know, let's pop a cork. Well, I love the fact that you actually have that visual that you're sharing with us of popping champagne. And it's kind of funny because I just had a, a conversation with an entrepreneur earlier today. And I asked her if she'd had an I made it moment. And I specifically said for the first time ever, did you pop any champagne? Kind of jokingly. And of course she said, no, no. Like my husband and I went out to dinner and I thought that was great. But then my very next interview, the interviewee, you, Jim, said, I pop champagne. So I love that. I feel like I said it and you did it. So that's great. I love that visual. And it's so important, Jim, to have those moments where you're just really 
appreciating your achievements and looking at your accomplishments and taking note because it's so easy as an entrepreneur just to put your head down and drive forward to your goal and then set that next goal immediately. But Entrepreneur on Fire is about the journey. You're obviously enjoying your journey and I definitely commend you for that. Well, thanks. And you know, the the popping champagne or whatever, keep in mind it's super, super cheap, disgusting champagne that we usually have to cut with orange juice. But um you know the the thing about that too is you know as as a founder or ceo or whatever you know you can celebrate with uh you know your co-founders or your board members or whatever but the champagne is really about the team you know it's a celebration and when you hit milestones whether it's revenue or it's um you know usership or downloads or whatever when you can share that with the team and not just internally, you know, you, you don't just say, oh, well, you know, now I can buy a Ferrari or whatever. If you let everyone take part in that, um, the camaraderie just goes through the roof, the loyalty, um, you know, and, and, and they've worked hard. They, they get to share in it too. So, you know, we usually try and keep at least 10 bottles of champagne in the fridge at any time, uh, <laughs> just in case we hit a milestone or, or, or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, we, we, we do it as regularly as we can, uh, A, because we're all kind of pseudo-alcoholics, but B, uh, it's because it doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't, it, it, it can be, you know, little things like, oh my God, thank God, you know, we, we took over this other office space. So now we don't have to share a bathroom with that guy upstairs, you know. Pop the champagne. And, and Jim, I love it. And I love the fact that you're being humble, but let's be honest with the Fire Nation. I was on your Facebook page earlier. I could have sworn I saw Crystal somewhere in some picture. Ha. No, I know. I've actually never had it. I heard it's really sweet, but I, I haven't uh, I haven't come down to it yet. So, so someday. <laughs> All right, Jim. We're going to move forward now into your current business. You have a lot of exciting things that are going on with products and the such. Such a reach. 250 million Facebook pages you're talking about. What's one thing that's really exciting you about your business right now? I'm, I'm super glad that I don't have to just do the same thing over and over. The biggest thing to me is the whole industry, the whole social media field, um, the whole entrepreneurship field is shifting on a day-by-day basis. So I'm constantly excited to jump in and see what's new, see what's going on. Um, you know, what, what is there a new technology that's out? You know, is there a new coding language? Is, um, there a new type of funding, you know, what, what's, what's going on out there? And, uh, I, I, I don't know how you couldn't be excited about that because it's definitely not boring. What is your vision for the future? I don't know. It could be anything. Uh, that, that's, that's what's really cool is I don't have a vision for the future because, um, it's shifted so differently than when we just started, you know, a year, year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, if I told you what the future was going to be like in two years, it might be like that in two months. So I, I don't really have a vision. The only thing that I know is that if we can adapt to trends uh, as quickly as we have, then we're going to be successful and, uh, continue to offer really great products. So uh, I, I, I think that's kind of a cop-out answer. I it's guess. not a cop-out, Jim, because it really goes with your mentality. Your mentality is, 
we're going to launch before we're ready. We're not just going to just sit here and plan and plan and plan and then come out with this, what we think is a perfect product. Just like you're saying, we're not going to sit around and envision this future and plan for this future that may not even happen. So just like when you launch a product, you launch it as quick as possible to get feedback. Just like with you living in the present, it gives you the flexibility to move and adjust to whatever's happening social media wise. I agree. I agree 100%. So Jim, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds. This is where I provide you with a series of questions and you come back at Fire Nation with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Uh, I'll do my best. (laughs) What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Um, The security. You know, I had a steady girlfriend at the time. I needed a steady job and walking away from a paycheck is, is definitely something tough to do. Are you saying you had to wine and dine this girl to keep her happy? Oh, well, I ended up marrying her and uh, <laughs> I can say she is pretty high maintenance, but uh, <laughs> high maintenance in a good way. But you love her. Of course, of course. And she's, uh, she's put up with me through through the dark days and, and the good days. So uh, she deserves everything she gets. Oh, she's earned it. What's the best business advice you ever received? Uh, one of my buddies told me to quit the job that I was working at, that, that same one. He said, you're better than this. Leave. You can do better. This is just a random question, but how'd you come up with a pancake theme? <laughs> you know, I, I could attribute that to my daughter, uh, you know, she was about two and a half at the time. And I decided, hey, I'm going to make her some Mickey Mouse pancakes because that's what my dad made me when I was growing up. And I thought it was the coolest thing. But obviously, I don't know little girls because she said she wanted a princess. You know, I love the simplicity of this, Jim. Especially these days, it seems that people try to be too clever. And I hark back to my military days with one of our major acronyms was KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. And people can relate to pancakes. People can relate to breakfast. It's a happy time. I had a great breakfast this morning of omelets and toast and a cinnamon bun, and it was a happy time for me. So I think of short stack. I think of pancakes. I think of happiness. You know, I love the simplicity of it. So I'm behind you. Yeah, yeah. It just, uh, one thing led to another, and then I became kind of known as, you know, Jim, the pancake guy around the office, and it came time to uh, name a new product. Uh, It it really stuck. What's something that's working for you or your business right now? Uh, You know, I think I already touched on it, but I would say constant change. And, you know, I think uh, the ADD is is kind of a a secret weapon that we have right now because we can work on 50 different things at the same time. So, continually, you know, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks uh, works great for us. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with right now that you can share with Fire Nation? Um, I absolutely love MailChimp. They are an amazing team. They're an amazing product. Um, It it makes our our email marketing super easy. But I I really love those guys even more for... um, you know, their, their user experience and their interface and kind of the, the whole personality behind the product. I, I think that's even more important than the product itself. 
Okay, we're going to have to battle here. I am an AWeber guy through and through, but that's fine. I love it. No worries. No, I, I mean, again, great product. Um, but when it comes down to personality of, of the brand, uh, and, and maybe it's because I, I know the MailChimp guys so well, but I, I think they do a great job. I love their brand. Straight confession. I actually had my website designer model entrepreneuronfire.com after the MailChimp website because I loved it so much. Awesome. Awesome. What's your favorite business book? Uh, rework. It's it's got to be. Um, I don't read a whole lot. I'm I'm more of a a visual guy. Um, I, I actually really prefer magazines for whatever reason. But rework, I could really get my head around because, uh, well, a because there's a picture on almost every page. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but then is you know the the chapters are basically one or two pages, and they just kind of drive home one idea and and it's it's easy to latch on to and you know it, it seems like common sense but when you apply it you go god these guys are, are brilliant because they made me apply some common sense awesome stuff so jim this last question it's it's a tough one i've kind of reworked it in just the last couple of days because i wasn't happy with the answer that i was getting so just do your best take your time and then come back with an answer if you woke up tomorrow morning in a completely new world, but it was identical to Earth, but you knew nobody, all of your food and shelter was taken care of, and you still had all of the experience and knowledge that you currently have right now, but only $500 in your pocket and a computer with internet access, what would you do in the next seven days? Build a minimum viable product. If you go to this new world... Uh, even though you have all your experience and knowledge, you don't necessarily know what's going to work in this new place. So if you have an idea, you know, maybe you look around and you go, well, you know, these people seem to uh, all like to eat with their, their toast with the butter side down or whatever. Um, build a minimum viable product that's going to help them do that and see what's going to happen, see what type of feedback you get because you're going to sacrifice that that week um, of building and you just want to launch so that you can get feedback because you're not in it to build a product in a week. You're in it to build a product over a year um, or five years or 10 years. Uh, so if you can launch it with just the bare essentials and then continually evolve that product um, or that service, then you're in good shape. Wow. That was great actionable advice. And You've given us great actionable content in this entire interview, Jim, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. I would say to all the um, wannabe entrepreneurs out there who haven't started yet, just do it. Um, you, there's, there's no time like today. And you know, even if you can't quit your day job. Uh, do it at night. Do it on the weekends until you, 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 know, you, you reach our aha moment, which is, wow, I'm making more money doing this than I was at my day job. Um, for all of you entrepreneurs out there who have just started, listen to your customers. Um, make sure that you are continually testing and listening um, and, and seeing what's best. Even if you are really adamant that a certain feature has to be done or, or this has to be done a certain way, 
if your customers tell you otherwise, you have to do what they tell you. Um, so make sure that you have some sort of channel to, to keep in mind there. And then uh, finally, you know, if you guys want to build custom apps for your Facebook page or your website or whatever, uh, contest sweepstakes, collecting data, you know, again, listening to your clientele, um, creating cool things that engage people, check out shortstack.com. Uh, totally free to try out. We have a free plan. You can use it forever. And then, you know, we try and be pretty reasonable. Our, our packages start at about 30 bucks a month. I love it. Thank you again, Jim. Fire Nation, we salute you. And we'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Thanks again, guys. All right, Fire Nation. Are you pumped up to create your own podcast now? Don't let your lack of time, knowledge, or skills hold you back. All you need to do is record an MP3, send it to my team, and we do the rest. It's really that simple. Visit www.podplatform.com to find out more. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.